So I uh, feel like we need to talk about what happened at practice today. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, do not forget that we also are on YouTube as well. So if you listen to us on the go on your preferred podcast platform, great, wonderful. Thank you for being here. You can also watch us. So like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, all of that great stuff. Just thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. And before we get into all of the action, what went down at practice today? I got to let y'all know that today's edition of Locked in LSU is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. So that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. All right, well, let's get into it. LSU back out on the practice field today. Had an off day on Sunday. Back out today. They were outside. And this was reported by Wilson Alexander of The Advocate that a fight broke out today in practice. Wilson tweeted, fight broke out at LSU practice during 11-on-11 period. Punches thrown. Guys taken to the ground. Multiple people involved. Malik Neighbors and Kyron Lacey got sent to the locker room. Harold Perkins didn't play another snap. Brian Kelly was not happy. So this was a fight that broke out that involved multiple defensive and multiple offensive players. Again, like Wilson mentioned, in the 11-on-11 period, and it got so physical that a punch was thrown. Like you mentioned, Malik Neighbors and Kyron Lacey are thrown out of practice. Harold Perkins, after the fight, got back up, went to the line of scrimmage, went to go take another snap, and Brian Kelly pulled him aside, talked to him for a little bit, and then he was done. His day was done after that. So I want to get into on-the-field implications of this, off-the-field implications of this. But overall, my my take of the fact that this happened today. Um, because when I looked at Wilson's tweet, I mean, obviously, it got a ton of interaction, as to be expected. Um, and I saw so many people responding to this LSU fans and non LSU fans alike, basically, you know, non LSU fans saying, you know, what else can we expect from that program? It's a bad program. Like people on Twitter saying stupid stuff, Twitter's going to Twitter. And then LSU fans responding. And I saw LSU fans posting on Twitter, posting across the internet about how disappointed they were about how just beat up they were over all of this. And I get, I understand. You're not wrong in thinking that because a fight doesn't break out in practice and you feel really good about where your program is at. You know, you know, a fight doesn't break out at practice and all of a sudden you think, woohoo, everything is peachy. It's totally fine. Here are my thoughts. These things happen. And they happen far more than you and I and fans ever really realize. Because what you might not know is that whenever practice is open to the media, there's very little that the media can actually see. Really, in reality, what you're looking at is a whole lot of warm-ups, a whole lot of drills. If you're lucky, you get to see some one-on-ones. And if you're really lucky, you get to see seven-on-seven and 11-on-11. 
So very infrequently, especially in college practices, because if you go to like NFL training camps, you can see a good bit of 11 on 11. You can't break down of exactly what happened, nor can you post a video of exactly what happened. But you can be there for it. You can see it. But in, in college, everything is so under lock and key and everyone is so paranoid about potential secrets, you know, state secrets getting out that there really isn't a whole lot of open 11 on 11 time. So this might happen a whole lot more frequently than you or I ever know. Because fights don't break out in one-on-ones. Fights don't break out in drills. Fights don't break out in warm-ups. They break out whenever you are, pads are on, man-on-man, offensive line against defensive line, receiver versus DB, whatever it might be. That's when those fights start to break out is when things get a whole lot more physical and whenever you actually are recreating actual like real life gameplay. So these things happen more than we realize. Just remember that. I'm not excusing what happened today. I'm just allowing, I'm offering a little bit of expertise and a little bit of explanation rather is a better word. Explanation that like this isn't like the first time that this has happened in the history of college football, nor is it the last time that it's going to happen. It feels a little bit more crazy, I guess, because you don't hear about it happening a lot. Not nearly as much as it actually happens. Look, you want your team to be passionate. You want your team to be 110% all in on these practice reps. My uh, my co-host here in Nashville, I host a radio show in Nashville. My co-host played in the NFL for 14 years. Um, my co-host obviously played college ball as well. He said, you know, w- when we were at Titans training camp one day, there was a fight that broke out. Um, one, again, that you see a lot more frequently uh, in the NFL. My co-host was telling me, he was like, look, those guys in the locker room, they love it because it's the first few days of camp. You're fired up. Your emotions are running high. That Those kind of things just naturally happen. And, you know, for the most part, it's not anything that's this guy against this guy or any sort of bad blood for the most part. It's just your testosterone is running. Adrenaline is high. Emotions are high. You're going 110% through the whistle. And sometimes those things just happen. Again, it doesn't excuse what happened today in practice. It's just providing a little bit of explanation. That these happen, these things happen a lot, and really, from the player perspective, perspective, at least from my co-host who played in the NFL for 14 years, he's like, "Yeah, guys, you know, it's, it's fine." But there is a line that needs to be drawn. There is a, a certain point where you can't make any excuses, where you want to be passionate, you want that adrenaline to be pumping, that you want to be giving every single rep your all that you want to have a sense of ownership of your position, your position group, or your unit. But you need to draw a line. Because are you going to be doing that in a game? Like, I, I, I hear you. I hear you that emotions are high. Emotions are going to be high in a game. I know it was like 100 degrees outside in Baton Rouge today. I, I hear you. I know. It's going to be hot when you play games, too. If it's hot now and your emotions are high now, how are you going to feel in early to mid-September when you're playing games at 2.30 in the afternoon in Baton Rouge and it actually matters and it's a real-life game? Emotions run high then, too. Adrenaline runs high then, too. It's, It's really hot. 
during games too. I mean, we all know that probably all too well how hot some games are. So I don't want to make any excuses. Saying that it was hot and saying that, you know, adrenaline is pumping, those are simply just excuses. Excuses that cannot be made now because we're not going to be making those excuses when it matters. Because if you do that in a game, you're getting a penalty and it hurts the team and you're probably out for the rest of that game. That hurts the team. Mike Vrabel is the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. And I hate that I keep bringing up the Titans because you don't care about the Titans. But this is something that I just recently went through with the Tennessee Titans. There were two fights in one week with the Tennessee Titans. And Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, says, don't do dumb stuff, bleep, that hurts the team. Starting fights in practice, that's dumb stuff that hurts the team. So while it happens far more than we ever knew, while I love the intensity and the energy and the adrenaline you're hurting the team because you need to know when to draw the line because you need to know when to back off. And today they didn't do that. And that's disappointing. But coming up next, I want to get into really overall my biggest concern here. I'm not concerned overall about the individual fight. Those things happen, but I am concerned about an overarching potential issue that this could have exposed. Plus, where do they go from here? I want to get into that. Coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you've got access to the best qualified candidates available. So that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So I used LinkedIn jobs whenever the station that I work for, we were looking to hire a new position and we needed to do it quickly because right now it's training camp. We're getting into football season. It's an important time of the year. So I took to LinkedIn jobs because I knew that was going to be the fastest way possible to find a new team member for our team. Plus, as we all know, money does not grow on trees around here. So that was a great resource for us because not only do they have really wonderful tools like screening questions that will make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and to hire. Those are all wonderful things, but also overall, it's for free. And it's super easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Just go to LinkedIn, add your job, and add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. And as we all know, it is so incredibly important to find the right people to help your business achieve its goals and to help your other teammates feel welcome, feel at home, and to foster a positive culture. It's why small businesses ranked LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, we also are on YouTube as well. Check us out there. Every day is coming up tomorrow on the podcast. I got some college football thoughts because there are some massive changes happening across college football. So I want to give my thoughts on that. But also, what does that mean for LSU? We'll get into that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on LSU. But today, focusing on the fight that broke out in practice. Um, again, it was an 11-on-11 period 
where there was a fight involving two multiple defensive and offensive players, Kyron Lacey and Malik Neighbors, both thrown out of practice. There was a punch thrown. Harold Perkins was done for the day after that. Um, I know that's concerning. I'm here to assure you that this is not the first time that's ever happened in this program or in college football as a whole, nor is it the last time that that's going to happen. Need I remind everyone of the little you know squabble that Joe Burrow and Patrick Queen got in at this time in the 2019 season, that season turned out to be pretty okay. I'm not saying the fights indicate good things. All I'm saying is, look, it's happened before and it will happen again. So it just provides context. But there still, for me, is an underlying concern there. Because it's easy for me to say, see, remember what happened in 2019? Everything turned out fine. In the moment, we probably didn't feel that way. And really, my biggest concern from here is, where are the leaders on the team? Where are the guys that are going to step up and say, hey, cut it out. What are you doing? You know, there is a certain element of, you know, let them, let them be passionate. Let them, you know, let their emotions run free because this is a passionate game. But I want to know, who is that one guy who's going to break things up? Who's that one guy? That's going to make sure that things don't go from passionate and energetic to now we've got punches being thrown on the field. Who's going to make sure that that stuff doesn't happen? It doesn't just stop at, with fights on the field. Who's going to be that person that if things are getting out of control one way or another, you get too high, you get too low, you got a squabble in the locker room. Who's going to be that person that intervenes and says, cut the crap. That hurts the team. You're hurting our locker room. You're hurting our end goal. You're letting your own personal issues or your own personal emotions get in the way of the football team. And that's selfish. And that's dumb. Who's going to be the person that does that? Why weren't they out there today? Where are the leaders on the team that are holding them accountable? Who is going to be that guy? Outside of the coaching staff, because this coaching staff is going to hold these, the, these players accountable. This coaching staff is going to hold them to a high standard. But it's different when it comes from your own players. It's different when it comes from within the brotherhood. The coaching staff can't be the only people, the only governing body of this football team. They can't be the only people that are holding these players accountable. You need your leaders in the locker room that are holding each other accountable. You need your leaders, your players, your boots on the ground, the guys in the locker room that can look at one player, a group of players, and say, you're doing the right thing or you're doing the wrong thing, and we need you to be better. That's what, concern, what concerns me, really, is where was the leadership today? Where is that guy going to be when you're in an intense game and it's hot and you need a guy to kind of bring everyone back down to earth? Who is that? And where was that guy today? Because that's that's the annoying thing. Is today the AP the uh, the, the coaches poll came out. LSU is a top five team, fifth ranked team in the country per the coaches poll, preseason coaches poll. We should be talking about that, but we're not because we're talking about a stupid fight that happened in practice today. So that's that's what I want to know is where was the leadership today, and where are they going to be? moving forward. But that's the only, the important thing here is it happened. Fights happen. But how do you come back from that? How are you able to go back into the locker room to figure things out, 
to come back tomorrow and be better, to come back tomorrow and have that left on the field today. Come back tomorrow and everything's good. We can execute everything like we need to. We can shake it off. We can move forward. Because Mason Taylor was asked about that today, about what was the message after the fight happened today? What was the message from the coaching staff? This was Mason Taylor. I know it's extremely hot out there. Tempers can get a little flare uh, the fight there. What, what was the message after from Coach Kelly? Uh, you know, because one, it was pretty big names that were involved in that, uh, mm. that, that uh, fracas. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of um, first day or a couple of days in the fall camp, everyone's excited. So, I mean, everything gets chirpy and they're excited to be back. So it's just um, energies through the roof. But um, Coach Kelly just said respect the brotherhood. I mean, we just got to respect each other. At the end of the day, we're teammates and um, we got to work together to get each other better. And we'll do that to the other team, not our team. So. And that's the key. Do it to the other team. You be physical and be bullying up on the other team whenever you're frustrated or hot or you have the want to win. Now, don't be swinging punches now. Don't be swinging punches. But that's what comes next is how can you harness all of that passion and emotion and just grit and turn that into a positive thing? No more fighting your teammates, all right? No more this drama here and there. No more of that. Harness that and use it in a positive way. Football is a violent game now. Like, you don't need to be throwing punches, okay? You got 60 minutes to bully up on somebody else in a in a legal way, in a way that's okay by the refs. Do it that way. Keep that passion. Just harness it in a different way. Because when Malik Neighbors and Kyron Lacey, your wide receiver one and two or three or whatever it is, two of your top receivers, when they're out of practice, those are quality reps that they're missing. That's time that they can build rapport with Jaden Daniels. That's even more time that they can get reacclimated into this offense. It's time that they can get better that they don't get. Harold Perkins is your best defensive player. Harold Perkins may be the best player on your team. And he had to miss part of practice today because of a stupid fight. Those are reps that Harold Perkins is missing out on. And I know you can say it's just a little bit of practice. It's one day. And let's, like I said, we're never going to get too high or too low on one day of practice. This is a little bit different. Those are quality reps and quality time that those three were missing. And in a time, in a sport where every second matters, where it's a game of inches, where you really realistically don't have a whole lot of time to get prepped and ready for the season. Because once the season starts, I mean, you're game prepping, you're watching film, you are, you're executing the game plan. You don't get these times to sit back on your technique and go back to the foundations. This time's quality. This time's important. This time is key. It's key for your own personal development. It's key for team development. And you missed out on that today. So being emotional is fine. Being excited and being passionate and just being flat out vicious and violent, that's fine. Just channel it in a positive way. Quit punching your teammates. Just crying out loud. My goodness. Stop punching each other. But coming up next. I did mention Coach's poll came out today, and it was awfully kind to LSU. And I want to get into how different this year feels than last year and why I think we're going to learn a whole lot about this team because of that.
We'll get into that coming up next. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get into it because the USA Today coaches poll came out today. And man, oh man, it was so fun to see LSU at the top of that list yet again where they belong. And coming in at number one, I don't think is any surprise. Georgia, number two, Michigan was a little surprised to see Michigan up that high. Alabama, three, Ohio State, four. And coming in at number five is your LSU Tigers. Rounding out the top ten, Southern Cal at six, Penn State, seven, Florida State, eight, Clemson, nine, Tennessee, ten. And also, let's just look at an overall look before I get into my real main point. And I wanted to get to here. Just think about the SEC in 2024 once Texas and Oklahoma join the fold. Georgia's one. So that's one team in the top five. Alabama, three. LSU, five. So that's three SEC teams in the top five. And you've got uh, Tennessee at 10. So that's four. Texas at 12. That's five teams in the top 12. Um, Notre Dame, Utah, Oregon at 13, 14, 15, TCU 16, Kansas State 17, Oregon State 18, Oklahoma at 19. So now you've got six teams in the top 20. North Carolina, Wisconsin, Ole Miss at 22, seven teams in the top 22. And running at the top 25 is Texas A&M. So you've got eight teams preseason and adding Texas and Oklahoma into the top 25. Half of your league is in the top 25. So T's and P's um, to everyone in the SEC starting in 2024 because holy crap, that's going to be terrifying. Um, but I want to get into this, really my, my main overarching point. LSU was not ranked preseason top 25 at this time last year. LSU really, honestly, was one of those schools that nobody really knew what they were going to be. We were talking about maybe a 6-6 six and six season, get up to a bowl game, you know, maybe got a winning record if you're lucky. But really, this time last year, Nobody expected anything from LSU, nor did they really know what to expect, much less be a top five team in the country. What I think we're going to learn this year is how Brian Kelly is able to manage that. I think it's, it's, it's a talent for coaches to be able to get their team motivated whenever there are no expectations, whenever everyone is counting you out. I think it's really easy to tell your players to gather, you know, bulletin board material and tell them nobody expects anything from you. I don't think anything motivates anyone quite like that. I don't think anyone gets more motivated than by whoever it might be, the media, coaches, the college football world. Nothing motivates anyone quite like nobody thinking that you can do it. You don't get motivated quite like proving other people wrong. And look, Brian Kelly was able to do that last year. Went from a team out of the top 25 with hardly any expectations to winning the SEC West and competing for an SEC title in Atlanta against the best team in the country in Georgia. And oh yeah, by the way, you hung more points on Georgia at that point than anyone had in the regular season. So how is Brian Kelly able to shift that mindset, going from a nobody expects anything from you kind of mentality, kind of motivation, to now a everyone expects the world from you. How do you keep them focused? How do you keep that team motivated? How do you make sure that they keep grinding and they keep working and that they don't become complacent 
with all of the preseason hype. You got Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors and Harold Perkins on all sorts of preseason award watch lists. How do you keep them motivated? How do you go from Jaden Daniels, a kid that transferred away from Arizona State in a really tough situation, he left his team, trashed his locker room. You don't think that motivates someone? You go from that to now becoming, you know, a, a Heisman watch kind of player. Harold Perkins, a true freshman this past season. And and to be honest, Harold Perkins came into LSU with a whole lot of hype. He was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, but still unproven at the college level. Now everyone's looking at Harold Perkins as potentially the best defensive player in college football, if not one of the top players in college football. How do you keep him focused whenever all eyes are on you? When the expectations went from pretty low to, all right, pretty high. You beat Nick Saban in Alabama in year one. How do you build upon that? How are you able to keep that that team focused? Mason Taylor was asked about the preseason ranking. What does that mean to him? Uh, the preseason rankings just came out. You're top five in the country. Um, does it is it any different than say a year ago when you were unranked, <laughs> or you know what what's the view of, of that kind of stuff? I mean, yeah, it's a little different, but at the end of the day, we gotta just do how we came how we came last year and um, just stick to the fundamentals and everything we're taught. I mean. A lot of people can take that two ways. I mean, take it big-headed or stay humble about it. So we're going to stay humble about it and um, just play every game like it's our game. And that was the right thing for Mason Taylor to say. That was the right thing to say, that, hey, we're going to stay humble. We're going to keep working. Look, I don't know what they're saying in the locker room. I don't know what their conversations are like in the locker room. If I had to guess, I would guess that they're probably not as humble as the conversations that they're having in front of the cameras. And that's fine. You don't need to act like a preseason top five ranking doesn't mean anything. You don't need to act like you're not confident, like you're not excited. You don't need to act like you're not walking into every stadium that you walk in this upcoming season feeling like you're going to win. Because I do think that is part of winning is the belief that you are going to win. No matter if you're the better team out there or not, no matter what the Vegas odds say, no matter what the media says, you need to walk in there and say, I'm better than you. We are better than you and we can beat you today. There's a certain sense of non-humility that I think is required in football. So look, I'm not saying that they need to, you know, go in there like, you know, the most humble people in the world. But what Mason Taylor said was the right thing. You don't want to create any bulletin board content for any other team on your schedule. But I think the key thing is you can feel some type of way on August 7th. The key thing is you can feel some type of way about a preseason ranking. The important ranking is the postseason ranking. Nobody cares where you were ranked in August in fact, that's usually used against you more than anything. Like, look at Texas A&M this past season. Preseason top 10 ranked team went 5-7. and seven. So, if anything, that's actually used against you more than it's used as a, hey, look, they were a preseason top 5 team. No wonder they won the national championship. Nobody really says that. So, that's the ranking that does matter is the rankings in December, the rankings in January, the rankings that decide whether you're a college football playoff team or not. So remain humble in front of the cameras. 
Get your team hyped up and confident however you need. But remind yourselves that this ranking means nothing. This ranking doesn't matter at all. Because the ranking last year that left LSU out of the top 25 obviously didn't matter in January either. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Lock and LSU your first listen every single day. Coming up on tomorrow's episode for all of my everydayers out there, I got some college football thoughts because there's a whole lot of change going on in college football. How I feel about that, how we all feel about that, but also more importantly, probably most importantly, how do all of these changes in college football affect LSU? We'll get into that on tomorrow's podcast, tomorrow's edition of Locked in LSU.